Amen. God is so, so very, very good to us. Thank you, musicians and praise team for leading us in. And uh, we sure miss those that are out, but we're glad that you're here in the house of the Lord today. And uh, I believe God has got something to say to us in this house today. And uh, if you will, I'm going to the book of Job today. Job chapter 31, going to read two verses of scripture there. Job 31, verse 35 and verse 36. What a great time we've been having around here. Amen. Um, since the beginning of the year, we have come into this year very strong, and God has been moving, and there's renewed worship here, and there's renewed praise here, and there's renewed excitement here, and people are being baptized in His name, and people are being filled with His Spirit, and I want you to know that gets Hale's attention, amen. It's no coincidence you have a service like we had last week, in the last couple of weeks, that sickness starts moving around, and the enemy starts trying to raise his head up, but I'm telling you today, we still got victory. Amen. We're still the church of the living God. Amen. Still no weapon formed against us shall be able to prosper. Come on, somebody. That's the God I still serve today. Amen, amen. So I need you to help me preach this morning because I came to preach to some faith in this house today. Amen. Somebody needs to hear what the Lord wants to say in the house today. So let's go and see what he'll say to us this morning. Job 31, 35, and 36. Oh, that one would hear me. Behold, my desire is that the Almighty would answer me and that mine adversary had written a book. Surely I would take it upon my shoulder and bind it as a crown to me. Job, in the midst of one of the greatest trials and struggles that any man probably could ever go through, gets to a place that he said, I've got one thing I desire, that my adversary had written a book. He said, I would take that book and I'd put it up on my shoulder and I'd bind it to my head. I want to preach with the help of the Lord this morning. I wish the devil would write a book. I wish the devil would write a book. Would you help me ask the Lord to bless the remainder of this service? Father, we love you. I thank you for each and every one that's here today. Lord, I know what you have spoken into my spirit today, and I pray, God, that we can loose your anointing to work in this house. I pray, God, that you would move in this place today to touch hearts, lives, God. Heal, set free, deliver. Whatever it is that's needed, Lord, we loose you to do it in this house. We give you all the glory. We give you all the praise. It all belongs to you. We ask these things today in Jesus' name. Amen. Give him a hand as you're being seated today. He's worthy this morning. Job is a very familiar character from the Scripture. Uh, he is probably one of the most preached about individuals or names in the entire Bible. 
even in the arena of the world or casual Bible browsers, Job is probably a well-known figure. There's just something intriguing about him, and almost anyone that you could meet could tell you his story. Um, they may not be able to uh, detail every account line by line. They may not be able to break down some of the hidden Hebrew or Arabic meanings. They might not be able to give you all the specifics uh, of his dilemma or even the beauty that's in its message. But most could tell you that Job was the ultimate story of riches to rubble. He was a man that lost it all seemingly in a moment. And then God stepped in and perfectly restored everything that the enemy had taken. Now, I don't know about you this morning, but I'm thankful for stories like this. Stories that let us know that not only is God faithful, but, and it may be equally important, we need to be careful about what we say about people when they're down. Not everybody that's got some things going wrong in their life is facing the judgment of God or the wrath of God or the punishment of God. Listen to me, especially those of you that may be new around here and God is doing some new things in your life or those of you that are trying to renew your walk with God. Just because you are walking with God doesn't mean that the devil won't try to tag along with you. Ah, I wish I had some, some gray-haired folk that's uh, been through some things would help somebody new today to understand that because uh, uh, you, won't, you won't walk long with Jesus uh, until you find out and you'll learn that walking with Jesus isn't always a skip through the tulips. <laughs> it's not always wonderful and great and good. Because when you walk with Jesus, I'm telling you, you're going to wake up every lazy devil within a thousand miles of you. When you make up your mind that you're going to start serving the Master, the King of Kings, and the Lord of Lords, I'm telling you, you're going to get hell's attention as much as you get heaven's attention. And you need to know today from the onset of this message that the presence of a devil doesn't mean the absence of God any more than the presence of God means there's an absence of the devil. In fact, when Jesus began his ministry with 40 days of fasting and being alone, he was consecrating, doing what most of us have been doing to start this year. And he was fasting and getting his flesh under control. The only other person that was with him was Satan. There wasn't a disciple there. There wasn't one of his buds there. There wasn't anybody. It was just the enemy. In fact, the closer you get to God, I hate to tell you, the more the devil is going to come around. It doesn't mean something's wrong with you more times than not. Honey, when the devil is lurking around, something's mighty right with you. That's why I'm thankful that God gave us Job's example. And in his foresight and in his infinite wisdom, 
would know that centuries down the road from the actual happenings of this book that there would be a people that would gather together on a Sunday morning that might need a little encouragement, that might have walked into the house right smack in the middle of their own troubled season. Come on, somebody. A people that have been bombarded from every enemy under the sun. A people that might have a whole lot of questions and not too many answers. A people that have been lied on and cheated on and ambushed by the devil, but instead of stopping by the grocery store and buying a five-gallon bucket of ice cream, they walked into the house of God. Come on, I thought we believed this today. They walked into the house of God hoping to hear a word that would bring a little clarity in the midst of a whole lot of confusion. Something that they could hold on to and rejoice with. And just because the devil can win a couple of rounds, it doesn't mean that the fight is over. It doesn't mean that the victory has been won because I'm here to tell you the scripture still says that this race isn't necessarily given to the one that can run the fastest nor is the battle given to the one that might be the strongest but to those that can endure until the end come on somebody See, God's not here looking for the strongest. And God's not here looking for the fastest or the most capable. But he's looking for somebody that'll keep coming back time after time after time in the season of every struggle and circumstance and say, my hope is fixed in you. Some of us need to learn and start declaring again over our enemies. Don't rejoice too soon. Don't get too confident over me too soon. I may be down. I may be in a tough season. I may be in a situation. But there's a light getting ready to shine on my situation. It's bringing with it a revelation and an understanding today. And a supernatural strength that I will arise and I will will be victorious. Come on, somebody. That's why I love this story. Because it's so different from what the mainstream media is selling us. This thing is not just bad news on top of bad news on top of bad news on top of bad news. Anybody sick of that? Don't you get to a point where you just get sick of hearing all is wrong? That's why sometimes you got to turn the news channel off. You got to log off Facebook. You got to put the paper down. You got to put the crossword puzzle down. You got to find some time to spend in the Word of God. Come on. In fact, what I like about Job the most is throughout his story, throughout his life, the worse it got for him, the better he did. I like people like that. I like people that, 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 that when it looks like everything's going, going in, the, in the wrong direction, that, that, that they have a, a faith that active, activates and they have a strength that gets a hold of them. I like people that can see the bright side on, on, on the thing every once in a while. 
Come on, don't you like somebody like that? I love to be around people that it seems uh, uh, they get better the worse that the situation gets. It lifts my faith. It does something for me to see someone walk through a storm with their praise still in. Come on, somebody. That's why it's important that us that know him should never let anything steal our praise, should never let anything take our worship, should never let anything silence us and put us in a seat. But every time we come together, there ought to be something that says, I owe him praise today. And somebody needs to see that our God is still good. See, you think everything's got to be going right to give God praise. The only scriptural qualification for praise is that you have breath. Oh, my goodness. I need to stay with with what I came to preach today. Some of us, we got to have everything clicking and everything working just right. Or we come into the house of God and we sit on our hands and we act like God hasn't been faithful and God hasn't been good. I'm telling you today, when it's going good or it's going bad, there ought to be a praise in your spirit because he has or he will going to take me through. Come on, somebody. Anybody can be a quitter. Anybody can be a complainer. Anybody can suck their thumb and pout and have a pity party. But it takes somebody that truly knows him through the power of his spirit to rise above the situation and say he's going to get my praise. That's what Job said. He said, I'm going to give him praise. I'm going to keep my integrity. I'm going to keep my character. I'm going to keep my worship. I'm going to keep my understanding of who he is. Persevere through all of life's storms and all of life's trials. In fact, the Hebrew title for the book of Job is derived from a Hebrew word that means the persecuted one. This is a guy that God called perfect. (laughs) But his name meant the persecuted one. The perfect one according to how God said he was. This is the story of the persecuted soul. But in the face of his persecution, Job remained perfect. He would later even try to deny that. Chapter 9, verse 20. He would say that he was not perfect which put another quality on him. He was humble. (laughs) He was a giver. He was blessed. And it was this man, after he had taken the horrible hit of losing everything, after he had encountered a horrific intrusion in his life, he was left uh, still in bewilderment, not even understanding the dust hadn't even settled on all the things that had been come and told to him. And he's sitting there, and, and he's, he's trying to figure this out. But you've got to understand this this morning. This book was not written so that we might gain understanding. Because even in its conclusion, Job is still unsure why he suffered such horrific things. Isn't that crazy? Even as he's drawn to the end, even as he's drawn to the conclusion of this and God is beginning to turn some things, he still doesn't understand why he's gone through some of this stuff. 
Because this book is written for our admonition, not for our understanding. See, because you can spend a large portion of your life going around in circles. You can call on the phone, counseling with the pastor. You can pester your peers. You can do everything you can trying to find all the answers and figure out what's going on and what's happening. And you see, that's what's wrong with most of us. We're, we, we feel like we're entitled to the answer and to the understanding. I hope I'm helping you today. I'm trying my best. And we, and we think God owes us an explanation. And we chase after understanding. I could just get this figured out. If I could just get my mind wrapped around what it is that God is doing. Let me tell you something. I learned a long time ago. There's only two realms you can live in. One is understanding and one is peace. Philippians 4, 7. And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So you can live your life chasing understanding but you'll never Never find peace. And according to the scripture, you'll lose your heart and you'll lose your mind. Come on, somebody. Or you can just settle it that I'm a child of God. And I may not understand it all. And I might not have all the answers. But I know that he does. And as long as he's sovereign. And as long as he's ordering my steps. I'm going to take the journey with him. I'm going to walk along with my master. Because he's never failed me yet. My job isn't to understand. My job is to be faithful. My job is to obey. My job is to trust. See, Job's story was written to teach us that we must learn how to say yes to the Lord. Whatever you have for my life, that's good with me. Because that's the only way you'll ever survive the punches that life will throw at you. When Job's storm blew in, he went from being a very wealthy man, one of the most wealthy in the East, one of the most esteemed of his day, to a man that had absolutely nothing. He lost 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 donkeys, a great household, and all of his children like Wealth that took a lifetime to attain was gone in an instant. Yet when he lost it all, his attitude was this. Naked I came, naked I shall return, but blessed be the name of the Lord. Sometimes we've got to get to that point where, Lord, as long as I can bless your name, I'm going to be okay. I may not know what tomorrow holds. I may not have anything left in my hand, but I have an understanding and a revelation that one touch of your hand can turn it all around. Naked I came and naked I may return, but blessed be the name of the Lord. I know I've been doing this a long time. That's easy to shout about. We love Job, but not many can stand in that circle and not many can survive that kind of tragedy. And I surely ain't lining up to volunteer this morning. I didn't think you was either. Hope I never have to find out. Hope I never have to stand absolutely stripped of everything that I have but my faith in God. <laughs> 
to find out what I'm made of. Can we just be real today? <laughs> Job didn't know. Job did not know how God felt about him. Job did not know that this was a test. This was a, this was a proven ground that God was showing the enemy. He didn't know that none of this was about all those things. <laughs> God was trying to prove not that he took some kind of pleasure in afflicting his children, but God was trying to reveal to an adversary. It's not about sheep. It's not about houses. It's not about blessings or even kids. It's about one man that has so much love for me that there is nothing that can move him. God was saying to the devil, I want you to understand something, old boy. He's not serving me because of what I give him. He's not serving me for blessings. He's serving me because he loves me. Oh, master, let there still be a people in this hour and in this day that are here today because we love you. Not for the blessings, not for your goodness, not for all that you can give us and oh how good you've been to us but oh I pray God that we're here because we love you more than anything else in this world I pray God that you would put a love for you back in our hearts and back in our spirits and back in our souls that would stand against every adversary and test that would come on that's what God was doing. He was using Job to show the world that there was at least one man that will stay with me because he loved me. What I've come to say to you this morning is when Job was in the fire, when he was in the furnace of his persecution, when even his friends misunderstood him, he shined like pure. When everything was turned and everything looked down, Job didn't lose out. He looked at those friends and he said, I tell you what I wish. Not that I wasn't here. Not that I didn't have to go through this. Not where is God in all of this. But this was Job's wish. I wish my adversary was here. And I wish he would write a book. See, there was some boldness that started to swell up in old Job. There was some confidence in his God that it began to swell up in old Job. And he said, I don't wish to be taken out of the situation. I just wish one thing, that the enemy would make sure that he wrote down everything he tried to do to me. <laughs> Come on. I wish he'd write down all of the things that he's fought me with. I wish he'd spell it out how he tried to get me to transgress God and renounce my faith. I wish he'd scribe out how he came for my praise and he came for my worship. I wish the enemy would write a book because this is what I would have to say. When I took his children, all he 
did was praise God. When I took his sheep and his camel and his land and his homes, he didn't bellyache and he didn't gripe and he didn't complain and he didn't whine and he didn't moan, but he opened up his mouth and he said, Blessed be the name of the Lord. Job said, I wish my adversary would write a book because I would take that book and I'd wear it on my shoulder like a championship belt. I'd put it on my head like a crown and I'd say, take a look, devil. Take a look at every shot you've taken. Take a look at everything that you've thrown. Take a look at every war that you've brought. Only thing it's done is give me a testimony that my God is still greater and able to bring me through whatever you have thrown at me. I wish the enemy would write it down. I hope he's making note that sickness didn't keep me away. That death didn't keep me away. That financial loss didn't keep me away. That the slander of an enemy didn't keep me away. But everything he threw I put it on like a crown and I wore it with integrity giving God praise. Come on somebody. I wish you'd remember all that God has brought you through. I wish you'd remember those times when it seemed like there was going to be no hope for you but just in the right moment the Spirit of the Lord moved in. Come on somebody. Oh if our enemy had to write it down what a crown we would wear today. Oh Come on, somebody. Can I preach in this house today? Some of us have let the enemy beat on us, and we've let him celebrate over us, and we've let him torment and torture us, and we feel like we're defeated. But I'm telling you today, if you'll just trust in the Lord, you've already won. You've walked into this house today. You've been attacked, and you've been wounded, and you've been hurt, but you're still here. You suffered loss. Come on. But you're still in the house of God. Come on, you didn't fold. You may have felt helpless or even defeated. You may have had your hope even strangled almost to the place where it didn't even function. But your hope held firm and it held true. Every one of us in this place could testify today that we've been hit by the enemy. Every one of us have experienced bad days. Every one of us have experienced sickness and turmoil and trouble but you put your church clothes on and you came in today and you began to lift up the name that is above every name come on I'm telling you the devil hates it today oh he absolutely terrifies him when we can come in and he's thrown his best shot and it doesn't deter a child of God It would do him nothing better for us to come in today and feel sorry for ourselves and look around and say, oh, so-and-so is not here and this sickness and this pandemic and all of these things. He wants us to sit in a pity party. He wants us to cry, woe is me, poor, poor, pitiful me. It's so terrible. It's so bad. No one's ever been through what we've been through, but not Job, not our example this morning. He sang a different song. Come on. 
sang a different song. One of my coworkers was, we were watching PE class this weekend. He started singing an old song, Doom, Despair, and Agony on Me. I'm like, Lord, brother, where did you pull that thing up from? What in the world possessed you to get a hold of that sitting out here watching these folks kick a kickball around? Doom, despair, and agony on me. But that's the anthem it seems. And many come and they sing and they want to be petted and they want everybody to look and say, oh, it's going to be all right. But Job didn't do that. He had every right to look at what he had lost, but he lifted an anthem that we need to sing today. I wish my adversary written it all down. I hope he's got it all recorded. I hope that he's been tallying it up. All of his torments against me. I wish his his smugness and his arrogance and his sureness of my fall. I hope it's all chronicled for all to read because then he would have to write what my response was. I wish when he had it written down that when my wife came and told me how miserable I was and how disgusting I was, and how I should just curse God and die. I hope he's got it written down that I told her, you talk like a foolish woman. God hasn't been anything but good to me. Come on, somebody. Job didn't even let his family turn him from God. Write that down, devil. Write that down, Satan. Write that down, and I'll wear it like a crown. I'll wear your best shot like a championship title. I'll bear it on my shoulder for all the world to see. What am I really preaching today? I've come to tell somebody it's time to stop letting him win. It's time to stop being a victim and turn this thing around today. Come on, I know the struggle. I know the, I know the, the issues. I know the test. I know sometimes the enemy comes in, but sometimes we've got to come out of the pity party. We've got to stop feeling sorry for ourselves, and we need to start doing what we were intended to do, and that's to bruise his head with our heel. Come on, somebody. You need to quit rehearsing what life has done dealt you. You need to quit reliving those old wounds and you need to rejoice in the face of the adversary today. Come on somebody. Oh, I need some overcomers today to rise in this place with faith. To let somebody know that may not have that same strength today. There's an answer. There's an advocate. There's a way. Come on. Somebody understand what I'm preaching in this place today. I've come today with an intention to try to tear down strongholds of insecurity and fear and what the devil tries to intimidate us with. We can wear it like a crown. We can wear it like an accomplishment. We can wear it like a trophy. We can wear it like a victory today. When you've tried me, when you've taken your best shot, we'll wear it like a crown. Won't that just do something to your faith today? Won't that just do something to your spirit to to let the enemy know, no, you're not in control of this thing. I'll show the world just how puny your efforts were. I'll live and I shall not die. I stand to proclaim the wonderful works of the Lord. I'll gladly show them your efforts against me and I'll rejoice in your faith.
Yeah, we might carry a scar. We might carry a wound. But they're going to serve as an overcoming testimony. That what you meant for my destruction, I'm turning into triumph over you. Anybody just want to put some things in the devil's face today before we go home? Anybody like to let the devil know before we leave this place? I understand what's being said in this house today. And we might not be running and we might not be shouting. But I'm telling you, there's some people with faith in this place that knows. God, God had never walked out on you. God had never left you. Yeah, you've seen some wounds and you've seen some lean times and some tough times. And there's been seasons that you've wondered, uh, oh, what am I going to do? But you always knew that right there, there was that comforting presence that the Lord was always right there. <laughs> I told you earlier that the Hebrew title of the book of Job means the persecuted one, but it also has an Arabic meaning as well, and it means to come back. <laughs> and see, Job fit both descriptions. He was persecuted, perhaps persecuted and tested more than any in the Scripture. But he came back. He came back stronger. He came back better. He came back more blessed. He came back restored. He came back renewed. He came back. Come on, somebody. Come on and help me with the music, God. He came back. Some of you, you've endured your persecution. I'm telling you this morning, it's time for a comeback. It's time to let the enemy know, I'm going to wear this like a crown. Brother Chase started this service out asking you to remember. Can you remember the things that God has done for you? That's that crown. That's the things that the enemy's got to write down. That's the stuff he's got to record on your behalf. And Job said, while I was sitting in the ashes and I was thinking about all that I've lost and I looked around and I saw nothing but destruction around me, the only thing I wished was to make sure he made a record. Because one of these days, that record's going to testify against him. It's going to stand and it's going to be my strength. Come on, we're still made overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. I've said it a million times. He tried the blood. He tried the blood. He can't beat the blood, brother Eric. He can't beat the blood. So the only opportunity he's got to keep you from being an overcomer today is to steal that testimony. I've come to tell you today, I want to make sure the devil writes everything, every stone he's thrown, every fiery dart he's fired. Come on, every lying tongue. Oh, I wish I could resonate with somebody in this place. I wish you'd get a hold of you in this house today. Come on, we're not defeated today. We are the overcomers. 
today. And one day we're going to stand and we're going to dance on top of all those things that the enemy brought against us. And we're going to rejoice. And those that have seen us come through are going to be turned their attention and they're going to say, what a mighty God it is that they serve. Come on, somebody. That's what your testimony's about. It's about turning somebody toward. Not that you overcome and go alone, but that somebody sees something. Come on, that's why we've been baptizing people. And that's why people have been getting the Holy Ghost. Because they've been seeing some people walk in and they say, I see something in them that I want to be a part of. Come on. So I want to make a real simple call to the front today before we leave this place. And I want to ask you, why don't you go back in your mind and remember some of those shots that the enemy's taken at you? Why don't you go back through the catalog of the hurts and the hard times and the trouble and the confusion and all of those things that the enemy tried to stop you with. And why don't you just wrap that up in a little praise today and start bringing it to this altar and saying, Lord, I didn't understand it at the time. I didn't have a clue what you were doing at the time. But today I understand you were making me stronger. You were making me better. You were purifying me. You were working on my comeback. You were taking the distinction of the persecuted one off of me and putting on me the overcomer and the triumphant one. I'm going to rejoice today in your goodness. I'm going to rejoice today in your greatness because you've never failed me and you've never left me alone. And I'm going to put it in the adversary's face today that the favor of God is greater than the torment of the adversary today.